itlog ng sampung beses. Itlog, 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 itlog. Anong nauna? Itlog o manok? Itlog. Manok? Episode 11. Chicken or egg? Welcome aboard mga kabayo! This is Hainayan at Agham, the podcast. This is the podcast in which we will discuss biology and science-related topics, themes, articles, discoveries, knowledge, and everything and anything present on Earth, this solar system, and the universe. Because what? Science is around us. This podcast is created to provide additional information, factual discussion, and health exchange of ideas across different fields and disciplines related to life sciences. So, if you're interested in the contemporary discussions related to sciences and biology, hop on to our discussions, learn, argue, and harness critical thinking about the ins and outs, the facts and bluffs, the history, recent developments, and breaking news related to geeky science and stuff, Bring both ears and let's explore the world of science and biology around us. Welcome to Hainayan at Agham, the podcast. Magandang buhay mga kabayo. Bumangon na ba kayo? Welcome to another episode of Hainayan at Agham, the podcast. And this is now episode number 11. And since tapos na ang Holy Week at katatapos lang ng Easter, well, I guess medyo nararamdaman nyo pa rin naman ang Pasko ng muling pagkabuhay sa pagkakataon na ito. Let's talk about one of the things that usually represents this event. At yun ang itlog. But do you know that the meaning of the symbol of the eggs na rebirth, quote-unquote, ay hindi talaga nanggaling sa Christianity. But rather, ito ay inadapt lang from pagan traditions. Also, another thing is that nagbabawal ang pagkain ng itlog noon tuwing panahon ng Lent. So, I'm just not sure kung ano nga bang culture ang pinagbabawal ang pagkain ng itlog. But, uh, it is actually a taboo when it comes to their case since masama nga daw ang pagkain ng itlog during Lent. So, di nila ginagawa yun. And, ginagamit lang nila yung eggs as decorations na unti-unti na nga lang ito nag-evolve hanggang sa nagkaroon ng iba't ibang mga kulay hanggang sa ginamit na ito during Easter during the Easter egg hunt. But actually dati, ang mga itlog ay present lang to mark the period of penance and fasting during Lent. And at the same time, kaya naging festive ang presence ngayon na itlog ay tuwing Easter, tuwing Pasko ng maling pagkabuhay, ito naman ay kinoconsume ng mga tao right after fasting or after their penance. Pero remember, hindi uli ang tradition aspect ang focus natin ha. But rather, we are here to address this long perpetual debate na isa sa mga tanong na hindi lang ni Juan, kundi ng maraming tao sa mundo. In this episode, ating sagutin, ano nga ba talaga ang nauna? Ang itlog o ang manok? Kung tutusin, kailangan mo ang manok o bago ang itlog. Pero para magkamanok, kailangan mo ng itlog. At kung kailangan mo ng itlog, magkakaroon dapat ng manok. Then, paulit-ulit na lang ang cycle na ito. Paulit-ulit na lang ang discourse na ito. Pero, ano nga ba talaga? 
Well, to answer this, let's have a long walk down the evolutionary tree at alamin natin where everything started. Eggs are found throughout the animal kingdom. So technically speaking, an egg is simply the membrane-bound vessel in which an embryo is enclosed and can grow and develop until it can survive on its own. Now, kung ititrace natin ngayon kung saan nga ba talaga nagsimula ang dilemma natin, at around 350 million years ago, the story started with the presence of amphibians. Okay? Noong mga panahon na yun, 350 million years ago, most animals actually relied on water for reproduction, laying their eggs dun sa mga ponds of water, specifically fresh water, and other moist environments, para ang itlog na kanilang i-re-release ay hindi madadry out. Kasi 350 million years ago, ang itsura lang ng itlog ng mga tetrapods na to or ng mga organisms or ng mga animals na merong apat na paa, ito ay gel-like, sobrang moist, at wala talaga itong protective covering. So, para lang siyang tapioca pearls or para lang siyang sago. So, some of these ancient tetrapods, specifically ito yung mga amphibians, and from the name itself, kapag sinabi natin amphibians, sila na ngayon yung mga hayop na kalahati ng kalang buhay ay nasa tubig, ang kalahati naman ay pwede nasa ibabaw ng tubig. These are now the organisms that can live both on water and on land. Well, actually, depende na nga lang yan sa kung anong species o kaya naman kung anong genera ang present. But basically, half of their life cycle ay nasa tubig. Ang kalahati naman, ito ay pwedeng nasa tubig pa rin o kaya naman na meron silang choice that they could actually roam around the terrestrial plane. So, these ancient tetrapods roamed the earth and some amphibians stayed near bodies of water at ang ilan naman, inilagak yung mga itlog nila sa damp soil or sa basang lupa. Then, after some time, nagkaroon na ngayon ng evolution itong mga tetrapods na ito that gave rise now to the next set of organisms known as amniotes. Yung mga amniotes na to, they are now the tetrapods that can actually produce amniotic eggs. And these organisms are tetrapods na nire-resembles ang isang lizard. So, since the egg can be laid completely away from water, Amniotes are the first chordates to live completely on land. Then, kung tutuusin, kahit na nagkaroon na ng evolution ng mga amniotes, hindi talaga nila completely na inabandon yung kanilang pinanggalingan. Dahil, they also brought with them pond or antubig sa loob ng kanilang mga itlog. So basically, ano nga ba naging modification na sa itlog ng mga amniotes na kakaiba kung i-compare natin with the amphibians? So remember, ano nga ba mga karakteristik sa itlog ng amphibians? First one, it is full of moisture. Then the second one, it is squishy or gel-like. And then the third one, para itong tapioca pearls. Now, in the case of the amniotes, meron itong apat na modifications. The first one is the presence of hard shell. Now, ang mga amniotes, meron silang hard shell pagdating doon sa kalang itlog. It is tough flexible, leathery, and at the same time porous na kung saan makapasok at makakalabas ang iba't ibang mga gases. Makakapasok ang oxygen, makakalabas ang carbon dioxide. So itong hard shell na ito is tough, flexible, leathery, and porous. So halos kapareho pa rin ito ng ilan doon sa mga karakteristics ng itlog na present sa mga modern day reptiles. And 
Yes, she guess it right. Kamag-anak at nanggaling sa mga amniotes, ang reptiles, birds, and even mammals. And the second modification, pagdating do sa itlog ng mga amniotes, it is now the presence of the membrane known as chorion. So, ang chorion na membrane, it is actually a protective layer after the shell which is considered as the thin skin for gas exchange. Or dito na talaga nangyayari ang exchange ng oxygen and carbon dioxide. That, because of the presence of diffusion, nangyayari at nangyayari ngayon ang entrance ng oxygen at ng release ng carbon dioxide sa environment. The third modification, it is now the presence of the membrane known as allantois. So, ang allantois, ito naman ay responsible for the direction of gas exchange or parang ito na yung nagiging highway ngayon para ma-diffuse, para maikalat, para malaman kung saan nga ba dapat dalhin yung mga gases, yung oxygen and carbon dioxide, and even kung saan nga ba dapat dalhin at ilagak yung mga unnecessary waste. So basically, ang Alan Toys, para na siyang guide ngayon, para na siyang hallway na kung saan ito ang nagdadala, ito ang nagdadirect sa kung saan nga ba dapat mapunta yung mga materials na yun sa loob ng isang itlog. Then lastly, it is now the presence of the fourth modification known as the amnion. So ang amnion, ito na yung membrane ngayon that holds the fluid in which the embryo floats. Without the presence of amnion, hindi matatawag na amniotes ang mga organisms na ito. So sa amniotic fluid, dito na nakalutang ngayon ang young o kaya naman yung embryo of that certain type of species para dito na siya mag-develop ng mag-develop hanggang sa kaya na nga niya makasurvive on its own at kumawala na siya dun sa mismong itlog na yun. Unlike the presence of amphibian eggs na sobrang jelek at walang hard surface, wala siyang hard shell, ang mga amniotes, sila na ngayon ay nagkaroon ng protective layers. At yung mga protective layers ngayon, ang naging reason kung bakit nga ba na-permit na magkaroon ng mas matagal na exposure sa terrestrial land, it actually paved the way para magkaroon ng iba pa mga organisms para mas lalong mag-diverge, mas lalong magkaroon ng adaptation, mas lalong magkaroon ng evolution para sa mga organisms na merong vertebra, para sa mga organisms na mga kinokosiyo natin as chordates. It actually paved the way para magkaroon ng mas iba pang modifications pagdating hindi lang sa itlog, kundi pati na rin sa mga organisms na available. And after millions of years, those amniotes that simply adapted to the terrestrial land will actually split or diverge into two distinct groups. It will now lead us to the presence of the ancestors of mammals known as the synapsida and the sauropsida, sila naman yung mga organisms na kinoconsider as the ancestors of reptiles and birds. So, scientists were still not sure of what exactly when this happened, largely because egg membranes do not actually make good fossils, and leaving scientists with no clear record of when or how amniotic eggs developed. Then, if we're actually going to have um, a good guess pagdating dito, it is actually possible that the ancestors of tetrapods and the presence of the amphibians, the early amphibians, they probably live around 370 to 340 million years ago. Then if we're now going to consider fossil records, the very first amniote species 
might have lived roughly around 312 million years ago. And that is actually the case whenever we are going to consider now the presence of the egg. So, ang emergence ng egg, masasabi natin na ito ay possible na nagsimula ang presence ng itlog na halos kapareho ng itlog na presence sa manok roughly around 312 million years ago. Mula sa itlog, kamustahin naman natin ngayon ang evolutionary tree ng mga manok. Like what we already discussed sa mga nakaraang episodes, ang pagkakaroon ng bagong species ay nagsisimula muna sa genetic mutations. Okay? Genetic mutations, genetic variations, and when it comes to the domestication of chickens, napag-usapan natin ito on episode number 7. So, if you want to visit that episode, another time that I'm going to plug this episode, episode number 7 is all about genetic variation, selection, and domestication. So, check in that episode because we talk about here the presence of the Gallus Gallus domesticus or the chicken. So, in a hypothetical scenario, genetic mutations took place in a zygote produced by two almost chicken or ito yung mga tinatawag natin na proto-chicken. Then, this simply means that two proto-chickens mutated, combining their DNA together to form the very first cell of the very first chicken. Then, um, along that line, maaring nagkaroon ng genetic mutation na nangyari dun sa cells na naka-enclose na ngayon dun sa itlog ng specific na manok na yun. Then, as the chicken embryo grew and grew and grew, kapag ito ay lumabas na mula dun sa itlog, it will now come up with that true chicken. Now, ano nga bang kinakailangan natin? Saan nga ba nang gagaling ang mismong mutation? Ito ba ay nangyayari sa manok o nangyayari muna sa itlog? Well, I guess it right. Ito ay nangyayari muna sa itlog. So, basically, if we're now going to trace here the origin of the chickens, saan nga ba sila nanggaling? The red jungle fowl, or the one that is possessing the scientific name Gallus gallus, is native to a range of southeastern Asian countries, including India, southern China, Malaysia, Singapore, and even Indonesia. So, it is actually thought that the red jungle fowl was domesticated by humans in Asia and went on to be spread around the world as less aggressive and prolific egg layers that we know and love today, which is now possessing the scientific name Gallus gallus domesticus. Since, from the name itself, it is now a red jungle fowl na domesticate kaya Gallus Gallus Domesticus. But kung tutuusin yung archaeological evidence, it actually suggests that the red jungle fowl was first domesticated sometime around 10,000 years ago. Although DNA analysis and mathematical simulations will actually suggest that the domestication of chicken probably started around 58,000 years ago. There's a possibility na doon talaga nagsimula na magkaroon ng divergence ang presence ngayon ng manok na kilala natin nowadays. Then there's also evidence to suggest that the domesticated chicken origins may be slightly more complicated at hindi talaga completely nanggaring lang ito kay red jungle fowl or the gallus gallus. But rather, there's actually some observations na meron mga karakteristics na present na mga sa green jungle fowl or ito naman yung meron scientific name na Gallus sonerati which is not red when it comes to its coloration and maaring ma-point out din daw dito na 
there's a possibility na ang modern chicken is actually a result of not induced hybridization but rather natural hybridization when the species of the red fowl and the gray jungle fowl met. Then, kung babalikan natin ngayon ang original question since parang nawala na naman tayo since we had a short trip down the memory lane. So, ano nga bang nauna? Itlog o manoko? Kasi kung tutusin, since false dichotomy naman tanong natin, we can actually conclude that the eggs were present first. Because roughly around 312 billion years ago, nandiyan na ang amniotic eggs, ang eggs na merong hard shell. And when it comes to chickens, they are present roughly around 58,000 years ago only. So, it is really safe to say na nauna ang itlog kesa sa manoko. But, 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 paano naman kung ang tanong ay anong nauna? Manok o itlog ng manok? Mas naging specific na tayo dito ha. Well, actually scientists are still arguing na ang sagot pa rin dito ay itlog. But there are actually some scientists who claim that in fact, it is actually the chicken first before the chicken egg. Now, ano nga ba yung mga claims ng mga researchers pagdating sa bagay na ito? Well, actually some scientists conducted some researches that shows that the chicken is actually secreting here calcium carbonate na kinakailangan na ngayon para dun sa eggshell ng mga manok na ito. So, the hens or yung inahing manok get their supply of calcium from eggshell production from dietary sources. For instance, calcium-rich seafood shells such as oysters or prawn shells na pinapakain na ngayon sa mga manok na present sa poultry farms na para mas mabilis na ngayon ang production ng calcium carbonate na kinakailangan ng mga manok para dun sa coating ng kanilang itlog. To form a shell, yung shell na obviously na present na ngayon sa exterior of a chicken egg, the calcium needs to be deposited in the form of calcium carbonate. Then, it should be in the form of crystals and hence rely on specific proteins that enable this process. At yung protein na tinatukoy na yun, it is actually known as ovocladin 17 or OC17. Ito ay actually present lang sa ovary ng mga chicken. Kaya nga, ito yung naging reason kung bakit nga ba meron ilang mga scientists na nagsasabi na ang nauna ay manok. Kasi kailangan niya ng calcium carbonate para dun sa egg shell. Sa mga manok lang makikita ang enzyme na ovocladin 17 na kinakailangan na ngayon para dun sa outer shell ng isang itlog. Then kung walang OC17 na available, no chicken egg will definitely bear form. So yun na yung nagiging dilema ngayon, yun na yung naging response ngayon ng mga scientists na nagsasabi na manok ang nauna. But remember... So nga ba talaga nangyayari ang mutation? So nagsisimula ang mutation? Mutation will start in the egg. So at the end of the day, the question, even though it is false dichotomy, kahit na ang tanong man natin, ano ang nauna, manok o itlog? Or ano ang nauna, manok o itlog ng manok? It is still safe to say, and safe to answer na ang nauna ay ang itlog at hindi ang manok. Because we are backed up with evolutionary biology 
developmental biology, and even mutations brought by the genetic changes na nangyayari sa individual na yun. So, hindi ba? Sobrang naging komplikado na naging discussion natin pagdating sa bagay na ito. Ang sagot lang naman talaga natin dito ay itlog. So, to simply cap of this episode, let's talk about some fun facts that is related with eggs. So, the first one, in terminology-wise, kapag sinabi nating row, it is actually the eggs of fish. Specifically, ito yung mga saltwater fishes. While in the case of caviar, it is now actually from the fish known as sturgeon. And ang sturgeon is actually an example of a freshwater fish. At ang caviar ay isa sa mga pinakamahal na itlog na present in the market. And another fun fact, pagdating sa mga chordates or sa mga organisms na merong backbone, merong three modes of giving birth. Meron tayong tinatawag na oviparous or ito na yung mga nangingitlog ng mga chordates. And meron tayong tinatawag na oviviparous which are now the organisms na merong eggs but hindi nila inire-release ang eggs sa external environment but rather nino-nurture sa loob ng mother yung itlog na yun until it hatch inside the body and marirelease na ngayon ang live young. Kung ang oviparous, ito na ngayon yung mga organisms na nagre-release ng itlog to the outside environment malayo sa katawan ng mother. In the case of oviviparous, sila naman ngayon ang merong mga eggs kaso hindi nila ito nire-release in the environment but rather it just stayed inside. So, examples natin dito ng mga oviviparous, merong mga species ng sharks, skates, and even stingrays, and even manta rays. Naganto ang kailang mode of giving birth. Even some snakes, hindi lahat ng snakes ay nangingitlog externally. Some of those eggs will just stay inside the body of that snake then kapag ito ay nanganak, kapag naging mature na yung mga itlog na yun, and once they hatch, magre-release sila ngayon ng live youngs. Then, the third mode of giving birth, it is now viviparous. Yung viviparous, it is now internal fertilization and the development of the fetus inside the mother without the presence of an egg. So, ang pinakoman na example sa atin dito, we have the presence of mammals except for the monotremes or the echidna and platypus. So, ang platypus, sila ay nangingitlog. Doon ko tutusay ng platypus, isa siyang superstar when it comes to the class of mammalia. Okay? Then, if we're not going to consider here some other fun facts when it comes to the egg, um, do you know that the term yolk is actually an old English term for yellow? So, basically, kapag sinabi natin na egg whites and egg yolk, ibig sabihin nito na egg whites and egg yellow. Then, during the year 2010, a hen from the United Kingdom named Harriet hatched an egg that measured 9.1 inches in diameter. Imagine the size. Mas malaki pa sa phone. Mas malaki pa sa conventional na phone. Ang diameter ng itlog na yun. From the tip up to the base. Okay? Then, it actually beat the record holder which is possessing 8.6 inches in diameter na itlog. Then, do you know, mas marami ka talaga makukuha na protein sa lutong itlog kesa sa raw eggs. Kasi, ang possible na madagdag sa makukuha mo sa raw eggs, 
is not only protein but also the presence of salmonella. And roughly around 1 in every 20,000 eggs in the market ay maaring infected ng salmonella, which can cause food poisoning. Then if you want to try this at home, para malaman yung fresh sa isang itlog, maglagay kayo ng tubig sa isang baso. Punuin nyo ng tubig ang baso, then ilagay ninyo yung itlog. Kapag nag-float ang itlog, ibig sabihin nun that the egg is already possessing a lot of air pockets at ito ay luma na or mabilis nang masira. Then, if the egg is just laying flat on the bottom of that glass, so ibig sabihin na nun, fresh pa ang itlog. Then, kung medyo upright naman ang itlog, ibig sabihin nun, nagkakaroon siya ng konting air pockets, pwede pa rin siya, basta hindi siya lumulutang because it is still good. But, for the egg to be the best, kailangan ito ay magsisink completely sa ilalim ng glass na yun. Also, another hack. Para malaman ang pinagkaiba ng hard-boiled egg sa hindi paluto na itlog, kapag ito'y pinaikot ninyo at nag-wobble or hindi okay yung pagkakaikot ng isang itlog, ibig sabihin nun ito ay hindi paluto. While kapag napaikot kayo ng itlog na hard-boiled na, mas madali itong paikutin. So, that's the thing about the eggs. And that's it. That's the end of our episode for today. And on the next episodes, abangan ng mga pagbabagong magaganaw sa ating podcast. And continue supporting Pinoy Podcast and especially our bunk mates. Because Hainay na Tagham is officially a part of the Bunk Collective. If you have comments, questions, clarifications, and suggestions for future topics or want to collaborate with Sir Red, you can reach him through the socials of Hainayan Natagham, the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hainayan Natagham. Or you can just send an email at Hainayanatagham at gmail.com. So once and for all, ano nga bang nauna? Itlog o manok? Itlog! If you want to engage and interact with me, you can give me a follow on my Twitter Instagram page and that is at Red Anatomy. Muli, ito ang inyong gurong lakan from Bulacan, Sir Red, and this is Hainayan na Tagham, the podcast. Hainayan, magpakailanman. Paalam!